This is an ICGC Cornerstone podcast. At Cornerstone, we believe in the power of the Word of God to transform lives and empower people to influence their generation. And now, time for the message. This morning, I want to teach briefly on what I've titled, Protect the Blessing. Tell somebody, protect the blessing. Many times, God blesses us with things. We experience his favor. We experience his goodness. We experience so many things, but then we lose it as well. People pray for things, and they happen, and somehow, they also lose what they pray for. People, some people pray for a job, or they pray for a good marriage, they pray for um, healing, they pray for different kinds of things. And somehow they lose it. There is something we have to do in order to protect the things that God blesses us with. Please turn with me to 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 8 to 12. 2 Samuel 23, verses 8 to 12. This is an account of what the Bible describes as the mighty men of David. David, as you know, is a warrior. He's a military man, and he has all kinds of people around him. And the Bible describes the people around David as a mighty man. Now, in today's current terminology, if you think about that word mighty man, it's more of like having his special forces. These are people who have special training in the military, and they surround David, and they do special things. As well, and the Bible describes three mighty men and what they did. But for the sake of today's session, we're going to look at one of them and the exploits the person did. Second Samuel 23, the verse 8 to 12. It says, These are the names of the mighty men who whom David had: Josheb Bashebeth, the Takmonite, chief among the captains. He was also called Adino, the Esnite. Adino sounds like a nickname. Because he had killed 800 men at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite. One of the three mighty men with David when they defied the Philistines who were gathered there for battle. And the men of Israel had retreated. Verse 10. He arose and attacked the Philistines until his hand was weary. And his hand stuck to the sword. The Lord brought about a great victory that day. And the people returned after him only to plunder. And after him, this is where my emphasis will be on today. Verse 11. And after him was Shammah, the son of Agi, the Hararite. The Philistines had gathered together in a troop where there was a piece of ground full of lentils. So the people fled from the Philistines. But he stationed himself in the middle of the field, defended it, and killed the Philistines. So the Lord brought about a great victory. Now, this was a time when there was a lot of wars. It's not like today where you have, you know, the AU convention or the EU convention, or, you know, you have ECOWAS, and when there's war, they can intervene and just try and bring stability. To, I mean, in today's world, you are more or less guaranteed of territorial sovereignty. And so, you know, you know that if you have something, you build something, it is protected, it is covered, it will not, all things being equal, it will not be taken away from you. 
But in the days of David, that was not how things worked. In the days of David, they gained wealth not through productivity, but through warfare. And so, you know, you have, what you have somebody has planted their own field, and somebody will come and take what you have, what you have, what you have built, what you have planted, they'll come and take it from you as well. And, and, and so, constantly, not only do you have to produce something in those days, you also have to defend what you are producing as well. You have to defend it. And, and the Israelites were the perennial enemies. Of, oh, oh, sorry, the, the Philistines were the perennial enemies of the Israelites. They will always come and attack them, what they have. They will come and want to take from them what they had produced. And, and so, in this, in this particular passage, we see God shed, shedding light on the story of a guy who decided to take a stand when the Philistines came against them. Now, what, when I talk about protect the blessing, what do I mean by the blessing? Four things that I mean by the blessing. Number one, I'm talking about your destiny as God has determined it. Your destiny as God has determined it. God has a destiny for each one of us. He has a place for us in his plans. It represents the place of honor, the place of significance that God has laid aside for you and I. It includes your spiritual heritage. It includes salvation. It includes your relationship with God. It includes divine healing. It includes the provisions of the promises of God and so forth. These are what God has made available for you. Whatever God promises you, my friends, in the scriptures is your portion. It's your destiny. But you have to know how to preserve what God has given to you. Never allow anybody to tell you that you are useless on this earth. God has a destiny for you and you must preserve and protect what God has blessed you with. Number two, it's your God-given gifts and talents. Your God-given gifts and talents. For us to arrive at our destiny, God has given us unique gifts and talents. This includes your spiritual gifts. It includes your, the callings of God upon your life. It includes what God has chosen for you to do as well. Although these gifts are given by God, they may not be in oppression because sometimes Satan will deny us the opportunity to develop what God has given to us. Your gift is what is yours. But if you don't protect it, you will be ineffective with it. Number three. Your, the blessing also includes opportunities that God brings your way. Opportunities that God brings your way. When you develop your gifts, God will arrange opportunities and situations to your advantage to manifest that which he has blessed you with as well. And each one of us will be given opportunity, will be given advantage, will be given an open door in the life. That opportunity, my friends, is yours, and you have to learn to defend it. And the fourth blessing is achievements and successes. Achievements and successes. Everything you have obtained and achieved in life, whether it is a relationship with God, whether it is a good name, an education, a profession, an acquisition, a business enterprise, your marriage, these are all achievements and they are yours, but you have to learn to protect it. 
Anytime God gives you something or blesses you with something, adversaries are going to contend over them. You have to know this. They are going to contend over them. Their people are going to rise against them. Enemies will rise against them. Satan will try to fight you over what God has blessed you with. In fact, you don't even have to invite him. He will come. Because why? The devil is attracted to every project that God is involved in. The devil is attracted to every person that God is interested in. When God shows interest in your life, Satan will also show interest in your life. You have to know that there will be adversaries to contend with. Adversaries are people that don't have your interests at heart. And our chief adversary is Satan. And Satan works with all kinds of agents, both spiritual and physical. The devil works with demons. He works with spiritual cohorts. He works with human beings. He speaks to people and directs people so that they will try to frustrate your life and stop you from getting to the place that God has destined for you to get to. And so it was for David's army. The Bible said that David's army had planted lentils. I mean, I can imagine that they had prayed about it. I mean, they had committed sweat to, the, to it. Now the lentils are growing and here comes the Philistines. All of a sudden, when they're about to reap the harvest of what God has blessed them with, here comes the Philistines coming to take over what God has blessed them with. Many times when we have labored for something and we are just about to reap it, here comes the enemy. And if you read the account in the Bible, the Bible says two things. I mean, the, the, Bible's, I mean, the, the Philistines had gathered in the troop together. They came in. They surrounded the Israelites. They came to dispose them. And you notice two things. The first thing you notice, number one, is that when that happens, that the enemies will come. That's the first thing you notice about this story. That the enemies will come. When God blesses you, the enemies will come. Don't invite them. They will come themselves. Satan is a gate crasher. He would gate crash into your marriage when you haven't asked him to come. Just when your marriage is getting well, that is when he shows up. Just when you know you, you, are, you are in school, you are about to finish. Just one more exam, you write that exam, you get your, your degree or your certificate, he will gate crash. Just when you have invested so much in your life and you've, you, you, have, you, have, you have invested into your retirement and then you are about to reap the benefit, he will gate crash. The enemy will come. He will come. And when he comes, look at what happens, number two. When he comes, friends will flee. It seems as if the entrance of the enemies signals the exit of friends. The Bible says that when the enemies came, the Bible says the Israelites ran away. They ran. They departed. They fled the field and left Shammah there alone. They left him alone to fight. Because many times in the battles of life, you are going to fight alone. You are going to fight. Nobody is going to be there with you. And if you want your best friends to be there with you when you are in trouble, you are joking. Now, you don't understand life. You don't really understand how life operates. Nobody is going to fight with you. You are looking for friends. You are looking for support. There will be no support. It's called the battles of life. In life, you, have, you only have friends when things are going well. That's why he said that the poor person has no friends. Yeah. You only have friends when things are going well. 
Everybody wants to be your friend when things are going well. Just get into trouble. And they will live one by one with nice excuses. When you are in trouble, you lose friends. People will abandon you. And you'll be left alone. And so this sh soldier, Shama, is left alone with his field of lentils. What is he going to do? He can elect to flee or run away with the Israelites. Because, I mean, he is totally outnumbered. The question that people ask when they go through difficulty. This is the question that people ask when they go through difficulty. The question they ask when they go through difficulty is, why me? Have you asked that question before? I've asked that question before. Separate. Why me? That's the question. But the question I want to ask you today is, why not you? Who else should have the problem? You are thinking the problem should go to somebody else. Why me? Why me? Because you are you. We wish the problem will go to our next door neighbor. And the next door neighbor also wishes the problem will go to the next door neighbor. But you are the next door neighbor of the next door neighbor. So who should the problem go to? Why me? So a question that we may therefore ask as we think about what we are discussing this morning is why does the enemy attack? Why does the enemy attack? That's a legitimate question to ask. Why does the enemy attack? Four reasons. The enemy attacks, number one, because you are not on his side. You are not on his side. The attackers who, who were the Philistines, they were of a different troop. They were not on the side of the Israelites. The enemy attacks you because you are not on his side. You belong to a different group. The Israelites were of a different group. They worshiped a different God. They had a different belief system. You come on the attack, my friends, because you are different. Because you are not one of them. People don't attack you because you are like them. They attack you because you are different. Because there is something different about you. If you don't want attack in this world, then don't be different. Be like everybody else. Just blend in. Be happy. Everybody be happy. And if you blend in, everybody will be happy with you. But then if you blend in, you will never do anything extraordinary. Never. If you are going to achieve anything extraordinary, you have to be willing to stand out from the crowd. You have to be willing to stand out from the crowd. It is very easy for you to be targeted when you are different, because you are different. That's why the enemy attacks. The second reason why the enemy attacks is because you are producing results. The Bible says the ground was producing lentils. You are producing results. When you are unfruitful, people will leave you alone. I mean, we say in, 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 in our local proverb, we say that the, the tree that bears fruit is the one that the stick is lying under. The tree that bears fruit is the one that the stick is lying under. That simply means that, that people, I mean, people use sticks to pluck fruit. And you will never find sticks where there's a fruitless tree. So when you begin to see sticks around your life, it means you are fruitful. That somebody has seen fruits in your life. Your fruitfulness, the productivity, the results you are producing will at attract somebody. And so they get attacked. Why? Because they are producing results. Not because their lives are wallowing in non-productivity. They get attacked because they are producing results. 
Because when you're not producing results, who cares? Who cares? Who cares? You just do nothing in life and you have your peace of mind. Do nothing. Don't have any great ideas. Don't have any great dreams. Don't have any great plans. Just when somebody says, I'm just say yes, sir. Yes, ma. Just nod. And you'll be the best person to everybody. But you'll be the worst person to yourself. If you are going to try to do something in life, somebody will want to pluck the fruit when it ripens. You get attacked because you are producing results. Results. The land was attacked because it was producing lentils. Number three, you get attacked because your success is a threat. You get attacked because your success is a threat. For somebody who wishes your downfall, when you succeed, it diminishes their power. When you succeed, it diminishes their power. You threaten them when they see that you are successful. Life is very funny, isn't it? <laughs> you go through life, you know, minding your own business, not troubling anybody, not disturbing anybody, not worrying anybody. You just go through life, minding your own business. And somebody else is threatened. I mean, the land that they were producing on, it's not as if the land they were producing on was Philistine land. This is the land for the Israelites. The Philistines, they also have their own land. But because they see lentils coming up, they are threatened. They are threatened. They see lentils coming up. Welcome to the planet Earth, my friends. Where people steal other people's lentils. It's called the planet Earth. So the next time you ask, why me? Welcome to the planet Earth. I don't know what is happening in Mars and Jupiter. But here, we ask, why me? Sometimes your success just annoys people. It threatens them. Somebody just sees that you are married. You are holding hands with your husband. Your husband is holding hands with you. You haven't gone to chase them. You haven't um, laughed at them. You haven't just smiling with your husband. The person is angry at you. You are just smiling. No, no, you haven't said anything. You are just minding your own business. You haven't done anything wrong. You are just minding your own business. Your success threatens people because it reminds them of their failure. Your success threatens people. Threatens people. People will prefer to pull you down instead of rising up to a higher level. They will prefer to pull you down. Your success annoys somebody. That is why the enemy attacks. And the fourth reason why the enemy attacks is because your success will encourage others to trust God. Your success will encourage others to trust God. The devil will make sure you don't have a testimony. Because your testimony will encourage somebody else to also believe God. Your testimony will also encourage somebody else to try and do something good with their lives. So the enemy will try to stop you so that you don't produce more people like you. And for the people of the Philistines, they, they attacked because they don't want many more fields of lentils. Because once there are many more fields of lentils, these people over time will become very prosperous. And it will be a serious threat to them. And so once they see any sign showing up, they have to attack it. They have to attack it. They know that if one farm succeeds 
And somebody sees the testimony from that one farm, the person will be encouraged and go and also start their own. And, and it, there will be a multiplying effect. And to stop the multiplying effect, the Philistines are trying to stop the testimony of this one guy. They're trying to kill the one who starts the success story. Remember this, my friends. Remember this. When you are the first to start anything successful, you will come under intense attack. When you are the first to start anything, you will come all... The gates of hell will be opened against you. When you are the first to start it. When you are the first to start any, any, any endeavor, whether it is your, your, the first in your family to build a house, the first in your family to get married, the first in your family to go to school, the first in your family to travel, Whatever it is, there will be special attack. Why? Because the adversary wants to ensure that you don't have a testimony. Because he knows that if you have a testimony, somebody else will be encouraged by your testimony and will follow your footsteps. So he will do everything possible. Everything possible to ensure you don't get a testimony. To ensure that that breakthrough does not spread. This is why people who pioneer anything come under intense attack. Because Satan does not want the story to spread. So listen, don't go through life. Don't be naive. Oh. We are not, this, we are not, this is not Cinderella or whatever. Don't be, don't be naive. When this is not Alice in Wonderland or Snow White, don't, 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 don't let cartoons confuse you. Don't, don't be naive. There's an enemy who doesn't want you to succeed. There is an enemy who, who does not want you to make it. Don't be naive. And I'm telling you this so that you don't go and fold your arms and just be singing Kumbaya. Don't be naive. Don't be naive. Satan doesn't want a testimony to spread. And you can be a coward like the Israelites and run away from your lentil field. Or you can be like Shama and position yourself in the middle of the field and defend what God has given to you. Even when people have abandoned you, you have to consider what you are protecting. That is not only about you, it's going to be an inspiration for your generation as well. That is why you must be successful. That is why you have to make it. You have to make it. You have no choice but to make it. You have no choice. That is why you must break through. That is why. You can't, you can't just see that you can't be narrow-minded. You can't be narrow-minded. Don't just see it as yourself. It's me, me. It's just about me. It's not just about you. It's bigger than you. That is why you cannot give up. Because this thing is bigger than you. You think it's just about you? How? Oh. The enemy sees beyond you. He sees your children, your children's children. He sees them beyond you. That is why. That is why. You have to make it because it's not about you. If everybody flees, Shama says, I will stand. Maybe his grandfather had run away. His father had run away. His mother had run away. Probably his uncles, his aunties, they all run away. Saw the enemy and fled. But Shama says, no, my, my success story is for the next generation. And I cannot run away from what God has blessed me with because there is a generation coming that must hear a testimony of a God who is faithful. 
of a God who comes through for his own. And so I can't just see just the battle and not be able to observe that beyond the battle, God is working something out. That God is doing something with my life. That is why you must make it. You must make it. You must make it. Don't just say, what I'm going through is just me, is me, is me. No, no, no. Omo, it's beyond you. It is beyond you. It is beyond you. All hell will break loose because the enemy wants to stop us from getting to where God has destined for us. That is why you must fight. That is why you must fight. So the question therefore becomes, why do people lose the things that God has blessed them with? Why do people lose the things that God has blessed them with? I'm going to give you four reasons why they lose the things that God has blessed them with. Number one, they lose it because of discouragement by reason of the attack. Discouragement by reason of the attack. People are talking about them. People are criticizing them all the time. Everything they have achieved, they have to fight to get it. And so they get discouraged. Sometimes you look at, at other people who are getting what you are looking for. And they are getting what you are looking for. And they are getting it without a fight. And for you, it seems as if everything is a fight for you. We are all fighting different battles, my friends. What you are fighting is different from what somebody else is fighting. They too, they see you and they see that everything looks easy for you as well. Have you noticed it? You see somebody say, ah, this person, ah, I wish I was like them. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. You know, it's like, you know, when I was younger, you know, and I used to like watching wrestling. Now I don't like wrestling because it's just, it's just it looks too fake now. Uh, when I was younger, it looked real. Uh, and, uh, you know, in the wrestling, they will tell you, when you're watching, they say, don't try this at home. They <laughs> say, what you are seeing, don't try it at home. Be very careful what you wish for. You look at somebody and say, the person is okay. I've come to realize in life that no, nobody has it all. Just settle it in your mind. Whether it makes sense or not, nobody, everybody's battling something. You just don't know it. So you say, ah, look at this person's life. They have it, they just have it easy. They just have it easy. Ah, this person can just get a one job to another job to another job. And they're just like, I'm looking for a job. This person's just getting jobs easily. Have you asked them why they're not getting easily? <laughs> have you asked them why they're not getting easily? That's how life is, my friends. Sometimes you look at somebody's health, and you know that somebody you know, and this person is, you know, is eating different kinds of things, and they are okay. Eating no health problem. They are fine. And then you're just taking a little fat, a little sugar, and boom, your system is scattering. But yeah. But remember that you have to win the battle for those who are coming after you. Because if you don't win the battle, they will face the same giants. If you don't win the battle, your children will face the same giants. You have to deal with them in your time so your children don't have to come and deal with them. Why do people lose the things that God has blessed them with? Number two is diverted focus and attention. Diverted focus and attention. Sometimes people go through life and they lose focus. They start pursuing different things. And as a result, they lose what God has blessed them with. It happens in so many ways. People, people get married. They're happy with their marriage. But then they get diverted. 
Why? Because they say, oh, it's the same boring husband, the same boring wife, the same boring house, the same boring bed. I want something exciting. The same person. The same person. I want something that will ginger me, that will make me happy, that will stir me up. It's the same boring person. I want some excitement in my marriage. And then they go and find something and they lose what God has blessed them with. That's why you don't get bored. They don't get bored. They don't get bored. They don't get bored. They lose what God has blessed them with. Because remember that what God has blessed you with, you are keeping it not just for yourself, but for generations to come. For generations to come. You may never have seen a good marriage in your home, but you have to have a good marriage for your children to know that marriages work. You have to have it for them. So when you get a little temptation, don't think that it is just because of your feelings. The enemy has calculated ahead of you. <laughs> that if I, I scatter it for your parents, if I also scatter you, your children will know that, oh, listen, listen, it's, just, it's, it's, it's fluke. It's like some girl be who had a heartbreak and said marriage is, is, is a game, it's a sham. Because some girl be broke her heart significantly. Says so it's a sham. I said, really? Wow. It's unfortunate. Diverted focus. You start well. You are in school. You start well. Level 100, you are doing what you are pursuing. Pa, pa, pa. And level 300, you just scatter. You scatter. You start pursuing other things. Your mind just scatters. You lose focus. You come at the beginning. You are disciplined. You arrange everything. You come to school. You obey the rules. You do that. Ba, ba, ba. Then level 300, you say, I know why I have arrived. I know this. I know that. I know this. I know how to do this. And then you scatter. You just scatter. You just scatter. Scatter. You never finish. And people scatter. When I was in campus, people scatter a lot. The Christian, they scatter a lot. You have a lot of young Christian guys. God has called me to ministry. I'm leaving school. You are not serious. You are not serious. You are, you are not thinking. God has called me. And, and they stop school. They stop, stop school. Because God has called me to me. You are not thinking. Are you the only one that God has called? Are you the first that God has called? They said as if school is against God or education is anti-Christianity. God has called you, okay. Finish the degree. What, what has that got to do with the degree? Does the degree for you're calling? No. Don't let, don't get scared. Don't lose your focus. Don't, don't start well and lose focus. Don't start well. Don't start being on fire as a Christian and lose your focus. Sometimes I know righteousness can seem boring because there's so many things flashing out there. Boom, 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 boom. And it looks so glamorous on social media. Looks so nice. Looks so nice. But you must understand that people put their best on social media. Hello? They put their best on social media. Don't lose your focus. Don't lose your focus. People also lose what God has blessed them with because of diminished passion and interest. Diminished passion and interest. People no longer become passionate. I pray that for myself that as a preacher, I will never lose my passion for preaching. I never take what I do for granted. I never take it. Forget about wearing hoodie and jeans. Hoodie and jeans is just for vibes. When it comes to preparing, it's not about hoodie and jeans. I labor. It's not about hoodie and jeans. No, 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 no. So if you look at this, it's what's wearing hoodie and jeans. No, no, what I prepare is not about hoodie and jeans. I take it seriously. 
So that I don't come and stand and be telling you fairy tales. Tell you just run, shout, yeah, whoa. And I said, do like this with me. Do like this with me. Then do this with me. And then the service is over. <laughs> I prepare more now than when I started preaching. I do more preparation now than before. It's harder, hard, more hard work now than before. And it will be harder as the days go by. Because I take you seriously. Because when you don't take the people seriously, you will lose them. And when you lose them, getting them back will be harder. It will be harder. That is why we have the level of praise and worship we have in our church. We are young people, but we are not disorganized. We are not, we are not just doing things by heart. It is all planned. All the songs they come and sing here, it is, it's not as if the spirit is flowing, no. It is planned. Boom. We will sing this song, then the band will, will transition the, with this key to the next song, to the next song, to the next song. It's not that, uh, oh, um, I, I feel like raising this one. No, no you, don't, you don't raise it here. <laughs> when you get up, you can raise it there. But here, you know, there's a timer waiting for you up there. You don't raise anything there. You don't feel like raising. You raise what you have rehearsed for. Don't come and take us out of the spirit because, of, because you've gone off key. You raise what you are prepared to raise. We don't, we don't, or I feel like leading 20 prayer topics. It is three prayer topics. 10 minutes. Boom, boom, boom. Say, I, I have one more. No, it's no one more. You do what has been settled. We are that disciplined. We are that serious because this is serious business. We are dealing with the souls of people. It's not a game. This is not a game. So yeah, vibes, you know, but when the thing is going on, there are no vibes. It is serious business. Serious business. And people there, because they have diminished passion, may you not lose your passion. I don't know what passion you have lost. Some of you used to be on fire for God. You used to love God. Hey, when you hear God, you can't sleep. But now it seems as if it is lo you are losing it. Today we are going to pray. That God will stare in your heart again. Some of you used to be very hungry. Hungry for thing, to achieve something. And it seems to be dying away because you've gone through difficulty. Today, it will be stared back again. You will leave this place hungry to do something for your life and for your generation. Some of you used to be very passionate about your marriage. And it seems as if the thing is becoming lukewarm. It's becoming ordinary. You are, you are, becoming, you are taking things for granted. You are just taking things. You are taking the love for granted. Something must stir up again. Something must stir up again. Something must stir up again. And the fourth reason why people lose what God has blessed them with is disdain. They disdain their gifts and, and callings. Many times people simply don't do, just lose it because they are comparing themselves with other people. Somebody will always have what you don't have. Just relax. Hmm? Relax. Somebody will always have what you don't have. That is the equity of life. Thank you for listening to the message. God bless you.